Welcome to Vismaski Classics podcast, Livinio to Levi. Vismaski Classics is the long distance ski championship with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams. Bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport and help you to become a better skier. My name is Erik Wikström and I will invite the three-time Vasaloppet winner, Oskar Sverd. What have you done today? Today I've been a busy day. Uh, it's time for holiday and uh, we are going tomorrow to Norway. My girlfriend, uh, Karie, is from Norway and we should be there for one week. You become dad for the first time last year. And uh, how would you describe yourself as a dad? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's better that someone else can tell you. But uh, for me, uh, I try to do my best. Uh, of course, it's special when you in your whole life have been uh, focused on the skiing or the training all the time. And uh, of course, at work. And now Julia is the boss at home. And I try to learn and, and uh, uh, do better every day. Okay, let's hear what... Your fiancé says. Oscar is a very caring dad for our little Julia. Uh, she's almost a year now and um, develops very fast. Uh, Oscar is he's quite like I expected him to be as a father. He uh, maybe is a bit more soft and emotional uh, than uh, he was, uh, uh, than I thought he would be, uh, and that's of course uh, very nice to see. More soft and emotional than I thought. Yes, uh, I think someone, maybe some people think I'm, uh, I'm a military officer and uh, I can sometimes be hard or, uh, but I'm very focused when I've done the skiing and I think that's why it looks like this. And uh, but uh, when I look at a movie and I can cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I soft also, and, and especially with Julia, of course, then I cannot be angry. <laughs> have you been more, have you become more emotional since you became a dad or have, have you always been? I think I always have been emotional, but maybe a little bit more and uh, you see new things and, and uh, what was important before is maybe not so important today. So there is some things that happen in my life where, where you where you understand that. And Julia is one of them. So we're sitting here at the regiment in Ekre, where you work in the military. And uh, many times I can see and other people say that you're very structured. And is that the reason why you are working in the military? Or how, how did you end up here? I think I've been a structured person for my whole life, but uh, when I come to Soleftio for uh, uh, the recruit year in the in the military, it was 96, 97. Uh, then I liked uh, the way the military worked, uh, the, the people act. And also, of course, we have a, I have a great year up there with snow and everything. And then I got the chance to, to stay in the, in the military and I did a, a first school for being a, a lieutenant and then, the, oh. then I was, I was there and then, then get the chance to also, uh, 
combine the skiing with the military work. So, so would you have done that? Would you have been up in Sleftio if you wouldn't be able to ski there? Could you have done the? Could you have gone into the military without skiing? Uh, yes, I think. But but that was like the perfect way for me to. Uh, uh, I was with. Uh, Uh, Tobias Longby, Anders Högberg and some other good skiers and they was during the junior time better than me. And then I come up there after the ski gymnasium in Ulsan and uh, I get the chance to train with them during the summer. And and then I did a very good year as a first year senior. Um, So like everything was good. And uh, in in the end of October, we got the snow and it was like training the whole winter. So... It was uh, both the ski side and the military side I liked. Uh, and nowadays, what, what are you doing here at Ekö? It's about 200 kilometers east of Gothenburg. What is your job in the military? You can say that I'm responsible for the sports department on the regiment. And uh, we are about, or the whole garnison. Uh, and you can say there's about five, 600 people uh, here. We help the employers to train for, we also have some tests for everyone during the year. So I can say that's my responsibility. Oscar Svad grew up in Tverid outside Arisaham in Sweden, about 100 kilometers east of Gothenburg. He is a three-time Vossalope winner, three times Jeserska winner, and a one-time Marsalonga winner. In total, he has been on the podium 24 times in long-distance ski races that have belonged to the main series. You'll have a hard time to find a more versatile skier. He has raced sprint, 15K, and relay in the World Cup. He has won medals at Swedish Nationals, not only in skiing, but also in roller skiing, ski orienteering, and just plain orienteering. He also has the current record in the Swedish Classic. That includes various races in skiing, road biking, swimming and running. His personal record for 10K running is 32 minutes and 30 seconds. Tell me about your first Vasaloppet. My first Vasaloppet was 99 and uh, it was a very special race. I have. I have uh, done some uh, long distance races before, but the longest one was 50 kilometer. So to ski 90 kilometer, I was a little bit afraid of that. And also the atmosphere was special with so many people. So I was, I think I was a little bit scared in the morning in this big uh, start field <laughs> with so many people and so many really good athletes around you. But, but what could you expect? You have done a 50k race in Sweden before, so you knew you had some capacity or... Yes, I have beaten both Jürgen Brink and Håkan Westin, who won Vasen up in 93 and 96 in long distance races. So, yes, I, I have... Like the days before, I have very high expectations and (laughs) uh, I I thought I could do a good race, but 
I remember so well the morning when I was standing there and looking around uh, Vladimir Smirnov, Alexei Prokhorov, Stefan Larsson and so on. And this was... Uh, and the start went off and everything went well? Yeah, it was... My, my plan was... I was scared in the start, but then when you get the race started, then everything gets better. And my plan was to stay in the big field the whole time. And, and uh, I, I followed the plan and... and uh, um, I was around uh, 20, 18, 19, 20 in when we come to Eldris and then uh, I have more power in the end than to get with Mikael Furenes uh, from Landsbro. We, we ski well and and uh, I ended up in the ninth place in, in the end and uh, it was amazing. How, how was it afterwards? What are your feelings? It was like, uh, it was so big. I mean, I was 22 uh, years old and I remember the day before then Boros Teening was asking me what my expectations was. And uh, uh, I say that I should be top 20 and they was looking at me. Do you know the best uh, place for an uh, athlete from uh, Westjutland before? Yes, uh, <laughs> it was hard. Hans Rapp and he had been number 16. So I, I, I know it well, but, and, uh, and then when I was number nine, it was crazy. And these small newspapers, Borostining, uh, it's not so small, it's quite big in fact. And then uh, the small one, there was a whole, a whole page in the, in the, in the newspapers and so many people was calling and congratulation. And I, I got some contract for with skis and it was like, uh, this was the start of uh, my then I really understand that long distance was was uh, good for me. Was was that your breakthrough? You would say as a skier, or, or or maybe the year after when I was number six, uh, number two after Raul Ule, who was the winner. So I was number two and the first Swedish athletes, and I think then was the real. Uh, I remember you were on the poster the year after that. It was not Raul Ole the winner. It was you the the runner up. The small uh, athletes from uh, Westjutland and Tverid. <laughs> so that first year when Stefan Larsson finally won the Vasaloppet, you were ahead of uh, Mühleg, Johan Mühleg and Anders Södergren and Vladimir Smirnov. And do you talk to these athletes? What do they say when, when you beat them? <laughs> I think nobody knew so much about me, uh, of course, some of them, uh, the Swedish athletes, we have skied in other kind of competitions. But uh, even if I was a uh, okay athlete in the normal 15 kilometer and so on, I, I was far away from, from this kind of results. <laughs> so um, your coach in high school, he came in there and what, what did he mean to your, your development as a skier? I think like for me, everything started in, in, in Tverred with uh, the, the ski training and, and uh, there was parents, uh, my father, for example, and some other parents uh, um, who, of course, they always did the best and uh, we was training um, two days a week and so on. And then you come to the ski gymnasium and you got really... Um, trainers which was expert on, on, on the skiing 
and uh, I had Roland Street there for for some years, and then uh, also the last year uh, Mikael Elmblad, as you as you say, and he was like. Uh, he he helped the athletes to believe in themselves and uh, i think that was his best side he also knew a lot about training and he had been a good athlete by herself but i think the special thing with Mikael Enbold was that, that he he uh, he told me that you can be you can be good oscar you can be good and uh, that year the last year when i was junior in the in Torsby in the 30 kilometer classic race i was number five in the swedish championship and that was my absolutely best result so when you followed per elofsson yeah <laughs> he started two minutes after me and after 23 kilometer he catch me up and then i ski with him and then beat him in the in the, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the finish but but that was my like absolutely best results and one of the reasons i i come into so left you to the so so you came out as a junior's fifth at Swedish Nationals, junior nationals. And when you when you started high school, like as uh, when you were twelve or fifteen, what kind of results did you do? I was uh, seventy six in the US USM Yacht Swedish Championship when I was fifteen years old. So uh, and I think I was sixty kilo when I come to the gymnasium. So I was a small boy, <laughs> and it was not. I was a quite good runner and also a little bit better, in fact, in orienteering. But uh, I um, yes, I want to go in Torsby. I want to go in Seleftia and Mura and so on. But uh, I, I, the only place where I got a uh, where I got a place was in 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 Ulisa. Yeah. Uh, and uh, back to Vasalopet, which uh, has meant uh, a lot to you. You, we talked about your first race. How was it to win the first time? What was the? F- how is that? How is it? I. I was now nine, two, five, and three, and uh, the years before, and and. Uh, of course, when you have been there so close, you you want to win. And and uh, uh, when uh, I finally beat Jürgen Auckland in the in the in the sprint, it was like yes, now it was my turn to to win. Or it's never one people's turn to win. But anyway, I I, I was feeling like I have been close. Where and and also in other races, I have been on the podium, but. Just once time uh, in Yeserska uh, some weeks ago in the beginning of January the same year a winner, and uh, it was very special to to finally stand up highest up on the podium and 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 be the first over the finish line. How, how like are, are you getting more motivating from victory or is it like oh I've done this now I can relax? Ah, it was a, I think. Uh, yes, some week uh, the week after I, I uh, two weeks after I was in China for the Chinese Vasalop, and it was a big experience to go to China. I've never been there before, and and then it was some more race, which is already was booked in the in the in the schedule, and and of course I did it race. But after the last race in the in the season, then it was a little bit empty, and uh, because from my ninth place 99 until the victory i the only thing i was focused on was to win wasalop so my whole life was <laughs> was made by uh, winning wasalop it looks 
maybe a little seems a little bit crazy, but and so when I was number two, I was thinking about what can I do better. When I was number five, uh, I I was oh uh, not so happy, and once again I tried to be better and better all the time, and, and finally it was my turn, or what you can say. And you had a great career, like from '99 um, to 2011, you were top nine in the Vosloppet uh, every year, and you have some other big victories. And uh, was when you were out in Europe and racing, was it like what did you have other goals, or is it just about Vosloppet? The biggest goal was always uh, Vosloppet, and I think uh, I was. My, I was, I set the season so so the the top shape should be in in Vasalopet. And some of the years I had a good feeling and everything was perfect. And someone was better than we. And so, some years maybe the skis was not one hundred percent. And there is so many things must be good to be the winner. Uh, in the other races during the season, I was always, yeah, I was always top ten or top five, top six, but. Uh, sometimes other athletes was better and I think in my head it was always Vasalopet where, where I, I want to be in top top shape and it's not so easy to be that during the, the whole season uh, not for me anyway In Vasalopet early in or in the beginning of the 2000s many races you were like behind you didn't take wind in the front and at that time we didn't have long distance skiing uh, at, this, at the same level as now and we didn't have the the mass start races in the world cup and some people got irritated that oh that oscar is not doing his job he's just hanging on and he has a good sprint and uh, do you did you pick that up or did, is it something you recognize i picked it up and i recognized but I think for me was to be winning the race was the most important. And uh, when you come to Vasalopet, it was not a, it was not a gambling or uh, do it for fun. I want to win, and then I I know that I have a good sprint, and the, if they want to beat me, they need to go away from me before, and otherwise I know that I have a big chance in the in the end. So it's up to each athlete to to use the qualities you you have. Um, so, I mean, if you are looking at um, track and field in, in uh, TV and you have a world championship, there is never, not so often anyway, someone being in the front for 10,000 meters and then uh, winning the race. You need to, you need to have a good tactic. And I think that's why one of my qualities to, to be a winner and, and, uh, yeah, you can see in some other athletes from Peter Nurtug is for example, one example in, in the normal World Cup, uh, and uh, and uh, you can. I mean, you need to. You, if you want to win, you need to use your skills. In 2007, you won the Vasalopet for the third time, and a few kilometers from the finish line, you asked your teammate, I think at that time, and your friend Jerry Arlin, "Hey, do you want to share the victory?" And he said, "No." And you have three victories. He have zero. How, how? Tell us about what happened two kilometers from from the finish line. We both lived up in in Voldalen, uh, during the winter and was training together. We was also together in the military team. Uh, 
and I have won the race two times and Jerry had been close many times, but never uh, got the victory. <laughs> and two, two, three kilometers before the finish, I was really sure that I should be the winner. So, cause there were just the two of you, the other yeah, were way yeah. behind. And when he tried to go away, I, I was quite, uh, he, he did some speed up, he speed up sometimes and for me, it was always quite easy to follow him. And that's a great feeling. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. I had great skis and everything was like top and, and <laughs> I was a little bit feeling that, uh, for him, it could be great that we could, uh, s- split the, the, the victory. And that was the reason why I asked him. And, but when he say, no, we, we, we try now, no, we go for it. And then it was, uh, it was okay for me, of course. So, uh, and and uh, I also heard after the 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 finish that it was not allowed to split the victory in Vasselopet. So I think it could be a bad situation if we have tried to do it and then one of us have been the winner, but we want to do split it. So it was it was a special, uh, and that's the only time I've done something like that. But that was like maybe the emotional Oscar was talking about before that. I was feeling a little bit. Uh, Sorry for him. 2011, we had the start of uh, ski classics. So, so um, you were on the team the first year. Tell us about the start. How did you experience the start of Visma Ski Classics? Yeah, uh, I think already the, older than the year 2000. Then Jiserska uh, Padesatka and uh, Marcia Longa was on the television for the first time. And then start a very big uh, change for the long distance skiing because before Vasalop had always had been the television. Uh, and I won other race outside uh, and be on the podium, but maybe it was my best friends who <laughs> was uh, contacting me after race. But when it was on the television and I won these two races, then was extremely big uh, uh, change and, and big different. And then 2011, the whole, whole uh, every race was on the television and the focus on the long distance skiing was uh, uh, much bigger. Uh, also, we have had some kind of teams before like uh, Volodal and Ski Club, uh, Sport Club and the um, military team, but like the first real team when we was a bigger team it was 2011 with the team spirit and uh, uh, it was fun to have the training camps and to go to race together and be a team together Oscar was kind of the teammate you really wish like the teammate of your dreams because um, he was like sharing all his secrets with us and I was coming as a long distance rookie to the team and I could really learn a lot from him and Jenny Hansen and all the others, other experienced uh, long-distance skiers in the team. And Oscar even brought like his mom and his dad to help us out. His mom was like cooking delicious meats for us before the races when we were living in cabins. And his dad joined the whole tour. Even in summer in the training camps, he was supporting us. And in winter, he was like the chief of feeding and that was just working perfect. So Oscar Oscar is a really social person. We always had a great time. 
That was Serena Boner from Switzerland, a multiple Wisman Ski Classics winner. Uh, the dream teammate. That was a pretty good words. Yeah, it was very nice words for you almost get some tears in your eyes yeah, here. It's special to hear from uh, friends uh, that you, when you have end uh, skiing, you, I miss, I miss the people uh, a lot. I miss all the, the teammates you have been and all the, the athletes you have competed against. And, uh, of course it's very special with, uh, Serena, uh, because, uh, she come as she say as a rookie uh, and, uh, Oh, not real rookie, but she have not. She was like beginning of the career, and then she come and she, she was always uh, like open and tried to learn more and more, and was very interesting. And she learned the Swedish language, and finally we started talk Swedish together. Uh, and um, yeah, she was a, a great athlete to 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 have in in in, in the team. And, uh, yeah, of course, when she also says things about my mother and father and, and I, I think, uh, many athletes have, have, uh, got help from my mother and father. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was special to, to, to her and she is now one of the really big long distance legends. So, uh, oh, it's, it's special. Yeah, yeah, I see you get <laughs> dreaming back here and we get emotional. Is do you miss the the team, the live Ski Classics life, being on a team, being on races, being on camps? I think I miss to be out there, but I don't. I don't miss uh, all the traveling and 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 uh, luggage and all the stuffs around. That's what I I think is now uh, the hard hard time, and also to be away from Kari and Julia should be in ah. I don't think I should have, that should not be so good now. You came into Visma Ski Classics with lots of uh, big victories, but then you had six years in the circuit, but there was in uh, the final standings, you were fifth, 30, uh, 35th and 24th and so on. You, you didn't really have the good seasons in the in the series. How, what? You had injuries and you were sick and and so on. What? How do you reflect on those last six years? I become older. No, but I did my really good uh, last season was 2010-11. And then uh, I, I went away to Brazil in military world championship in orienteering in August 2011. And during uh, December that year, I start losing uh, in November, December, I start losing kilos. And during the Christmas and New Year, I get pain in the head and, and uh, fever and I was feeling really bad. So in fact, I was nearly missing the whole uh, season and I get some amoeba uh, in, in the body. And I'm 75 normally when I'm really fit and I was uh, during the season. And when I, the, 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 I was 69, 70 kilos, so I lost a lot of uh, weight and, and I couldn't, the body didn't take up the, the energy. Uh, so I was in hospital, I was eating a lot of antibiotica and, uh, um, in, in the end, uh, I have no, no power in, in, in the body and, uh, it took a long time for me to come back from that. So there was like 
two, three seasons where I, the, when I was training hard, the body was not acting good and uh, uh, I was ill and uh, it was it was so much trouble during the year. And then for the season 2013, 2014, I was the first time feeling a little bit better again. And then I got some top 10 places and uh, I think it was on the right way. Um, and then David uh, Nilsson asked me to be the team captain for for the team. The bastard. The bastard. <laughs> Ruined uh, your career. Yeah, but he maybe saw that I have done my best <laughs> results and uh, he wants me there. And uh, I was thinking a lot about if it was pof- possible to ski and be the team captain and uh, team director. Uh, so um, I decided to try and, and uh, it was... It was too much work for both being the team director and try to good, do good wrestles. So the year 2014-15, that was like, okay, wrestles. I was top 15 in some race, top 12, I was 12 and so on, but never never the, the uh, great end of the career, what I have expected. And you also did, uh, you have the record in the uh, in Svensk Klasker, it's a Swedish... When you combine four races, it's in Vasaloppet and it's a running race, a biking race and a swim race. And, and you have the, you still have the, the record time. And you did that also in 2014. So was it too, the focus went away? But I have been there for, I did my first Vasaloppet 99. And, and I think when after the victories and then when, when the results was not exactly the same level, then... For me, it was the uh, Svensk Klassiker uh, something um, to get some new energy and and try to uh, have some fun during the summer with the with the with the training, um, and then for my last season, 2016, I during the whole winter I was feeling yes, that something was not good in the, in the back, and then during Vasaloppet I get a, the feeling was getting a knife in 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 the back, and and uh, I was in the big group. To 60 kilometer, but then the last uh, 60 kilometer, well, 30 kilometer was just to try to come to the finish. Uh, I don't want to st- step off uh, on on my last Vasaloppet because I have already decided before that should be my last Vasaloppet. But so uh, then I had some weeks with uh, so much pain and I was not sleeping during the nights. And ah, it was it was. Uh, then I really knew that uh, the career was over. <laughs> have you, uh, since that you have done this uh, up at Spor, the, the, the race the week before, and you're always the first man to, to pass the finish line. And, and in very good times, it seems like you're in good shape. Uh, do you, so on the Vassal up at Sunday, do you always watch the race? Yes, I watched the race and uh, or uh, I have been up there to going with the car uh, and look at the, because you <clears throat> have never done it when you always have compete. And uh, my father always say that it's it's uh, it's hard to be on the road and uh, because it's so many people and you should give some um, drink and, and energy during the, the race. So I have been there once time for uh, two times for uh, going and once time looking at the uh, t- television. So that's, uh, you miss it a little bit when, when you do it. But uh, on Monday we have the 
military ski long distance championship and that's the reason when when i have done this this race with my regiment here it's both individual and a team competition but your some of these races would have probably been top 50 or top 25 or something in Basel but don't you don't you feel like oh i should train a little more next year and i will be up there and maybe a top 10 race again no, I, i think maybe around top 50 not 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 better i think if around 50 we say like around 50 not more and i know there is so big difference to be around 50 to be top 10 I, you can say yeah. but let's say you could be top 50 don't you feel like start in the elite field and be finish as number 47 no no and and also when i when i ski this on monday in the open sport then i ski exactly on my own uh, level and and i when you come to an uphill i can take it a little bit easy and then i can ski a little take bit. a break coffee no, break I'll take a break in uh, four hour and one minute but but um i have not not pushed like hard and you know Vassalo you know Vassalo it, it's not like the same speed the whole way it sometimes get really fast and then slower and my back is not uh, it's not working anymore uh, so I can ski and I like ski and I, I like it a lot but I need to do it on my own uh, level the last uh, season you were commentating in Swedish on the TV together with Roberto Vacchi you were the expert commentator and lots of people I hear uh, my friends my the people I know from the long distance skiing world everyone says Oscar is really good what how how do you feel for that job being an expert commentator uh, first uh, when you commentate with together with Roberto Vacchi it's it's a uh, it's quite it's fun and it's quite not easy but he he is really good at this and and uh, get the flu and, and so on and uh, for me there is one chance to still stay updated uh, because uh, <coughs> i have been in most of the race places now there is some new race and in fact the last uh, race La Venosta I have, I have never uh, it was the first time you need to go there you need to go and check it out but for me when I look at the television from the other races I know exactly where they are on the track and I have everything in my in my my mind and one of the things we we was talking about before that I'm structured and uh, I have like some full control over the, the the course and so on and and also now that i can follow the athletes who was skiing when i was skiing and also trying to to learn the new athletes coming in the long distance skiing and do you do you read a lot of uh, ski pages blogs uh, yeah, social media results <laughs> studying so it's not only the three four hour working uh, during uh, the day and Uh, Carly says that okay, it's it's okay that you are commentating, but you spend a little bit too much time on uh, <laughs> uh, feeling really really update for the race. But and it's like Oscar said that when I do something, I try to do it good. I should never just arrive there in the morning and say okay, we look at it race and say something. I have I want to have full control as good as you can. And uh, when I come there to the to the TV channel. Uh, studio yeah 
So what about the the future? What are you going to do? What are you going to do this winter? Are you going to race anything? Uh, <clears throat> maybe I will do the Epic um, Sport Monday once again, but uh, I will do the work on Channel 9 uh, for the Wismansky Classic on the television and uh, really try to be... Uh, 100% updated. Uh, so that that's what I will do and not so much skiing, but I I train um as much as I can and I should also be home 50% with uh, Julia. Uh, so we will split it up during uh, the spring and then she will uh, start um kindergarten. Kindergarten. <laughs> we talk some German uh, in uh, August, and uh, you're also gonna do some uh, multi-sports events. Yeah, um, last year uh, I got a call uh, to be in the um, Swedish Armed Forces Adventure Team. Uh, that's a team who do this long-distance uh, races, like four to six. Uh, days and non-stop competitions and uh, <clears throat> I was together with them in, in one race and then uh, I got the chance to uh, be there and they want they need one uh, navigator and because of my orienteering uh, uh, career I, I, I had that skills and now I'm trying to be a little bit better on canoeing Uh, and the bike, uh, I'm quite okay and the running is okay. So I try to be better on the canoeing and then we will do some two really long races, one in May and one in September. Uh, that's uh, one big competition in in World Cup uh, Adventure Series in Stockholm in May and then the World Championship in Paraguay in September. Don't get the bug you got in Brazil. I'm a little bit worried about uh, not Stockholm, but uh, Paraguay. And in 10 years, how does your everyday life look like with family and job and sports? Then Julia is 11 and maybe she have, uh, she will do, a, I hope she will do a lot of different sport and, and try different uh, things. And I think uh, that should be, uh, it will be so interesting to follow. What if she will hate skiing? Everything with endurance is terrible and she's going to be... She's going to play computer all day. How do you think you will react? I think it's up. I say it now and we will see in 10 years, but I think it's up to me and Kari to try to, to uh, that she can try different things and not be sitting on the computer and uh, the TV all the time. So I hope that I can inspire her to be out and that she will like it. But We will see. Maybe, and and I'm not. I I think bike or running or not skiing. Maybe we will see. I have been there in all the ski places, and it's better with some summer sport. <laughs> and I hope also if I can choose that she can do some sport where I can join her. That should be amazing. You, you have a, a very strong driving force. You want to do everything well that you get into. How how do you think? your parents did to, to develop that or was that just in your genes? How do you think they encouraged you to be wanting to be a skier? I think uh, for them was not important what I decided to do. Uh, the only thing was that they always 
uh, was there for me and helped me. Uh, and uh, they was not cross country skiers, none of them. And Papa was playing, uh, my dad was playing uh, basketball on, on the highest league in, in, in Sweden. And my mother was interested in sport. But I think they're always the, the most important was that if I want to run, if I want to do orienteering, if we was in gymnastic or what we did, they, they was like, okay, let's try it. Um, but also um, my father was, what should I say, a little bit hard. So for example, it cost a lot to buy skis and these things. And then we have a deal that I need to uh, focus on the school and... Uh, uh, not drinking alcohol and, uh, and this uh, when when you uh, when he was in the junior age and so on and and uh, for me that was like ah it was a choice and and uh, um, he, he he was uh, taking free from the work like Fridays uh, we have not so much snow in in uh, before we have the the uh, man-made snow and we went up to Dalarna Friday and uh, uh, compete uh, Saturday Sunday and then back home or uh, just up for training so one year uh, he told me we was up 12 12 times from December to to Mars and uh, so now I realize when why you don't want Julia to be a skier <laughs> 12 times six hour drive yeah. But now it's it's uh, ah, we will see what hap- happen with the nature and with the snow and so on. But uh, it's amazing that all Sam Tranmo, Eko and Boros have have uh, man- made, made snow uh, for uh, I think especially for the children that they not they train during the autumn run and then they can even if it's 500 meter it, it's they have ski they have snow they can ski. Thanks a lot, Oscar. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Eric.